Warning, this podcast may contain explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to the Noisemaker Podcast, where we interview bands that you may have never found anywhere else. We are your number one spot for discovering all new music. Get to know artists, understand what drives them, and hear from some of their top tracks. Join me, your host, Rocky Ferenberg, as we give rise to the underground world of music and set out to do what so many others have failed to, be a staple for the independent musician. Now... Let's make some noise.
Alright everyone, welcome back. This is episode of the Noisemaker Podcast. If this is your first time joining us, welcome. If you're returning, then thank you. If you like what we're doing here, please like, subscribe, and rate us with a 5-star review. We are on all your favorite platforms like iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at NoisemakerPod. This is the Noisemaker Podcast, where we help you with that horrible problem that we all face, where to find new and original music. On the line with me is Nikki, Dylan, and Nate of Nikki's Wives. How y'all doing? Hey, what's up? We're doing great. Hey. Oh, good to have you guys on here. So the first thing I like to do is kick kick this thing off by uh, introducing everybody and talking about what, what instruments they play. So we kind of already introduced you, but go ahead and uh, reintroduce yourselves and, and tell us what exactly what instrument you play and what exactly you do for the band if you do any type of uh, social media management or, or whatever else you might do for the band besides your instrument. All right, I'm Nikki, and I'm the lead singer in the band, and I run all the social media. Uh, I'm Dylan. I play guitar and keys. I kind of do tour management and keep things running smooth on the road. Uh, I'm Nate. I play drums in Nikki's Lives. I arrange all the parties. And I do. <laughs> 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 uh, so my my wife actually saw you guys whenever you guys came through and played at a uh, Diamonds Event Center in Jerome. And uh, when she, <laughs> I was actually just looking you up like, where your location is on Facebook, and I saw Jerome, and I was like, "Holy cow!" <laughs> yeah, that was, I think we were all delirious at that show because we hadn't slept in like. 40 hours driving there. So that was a fun, that was a really good show, actually. We liked that a lot. My wife had saw you guys, and uh, we were at, discussed you guys a little bit, and she said that uh, uh, that uh, the, the name of the band was basically, uh, maybe you told the story, or I don't know what it actually was because I wasn't there, but she said that uh, a story was told or something that you are Nikki and these two are your wives. Is that is that correct? Is that where the band name comes from? Yeah, <laughs> you are correct. <laughs> so how how did you guys kind of come up with that? What what was it kind of just playing around, joking around, and, and and it just you know kind of whatever stuck to the wall, and this happened to a stick or or what? Yeah, it was sort of an inside joke. So I mean, we all know the hardest part of starting any band is figuring out that name for it. Yes, and we were kind of banging our heads together trying to find an option of like, man, what are we going to be called? Because Nikki was sort of going under like a solo thing at the like at the beginning and we sort of wanted to switch directions and make it like a full-on band. So we were rattling off all of like these names and this one kind of came together as like an inside joke because uh, sort of this is the closest thing any of us are going to come to any sort of real relationship. So we're kind of <laughs> married together. <laughs> All right, so the next question I had was kind of more aimed towards towards Nikki, and I think that, uh, but I think it's a great you know correlation between what we were just talking about, kind of that that journey that you guys had, and I was reading that you knew Nikki had a kind of a, a long journey. I think uh, the number I saw was about twelve years old when you started coming in and out of recording studios, and so you kind of had a, a little bit of a lengthy road in order to find Dylan and Nate. So can you kind of tell us a little bit about the journey? from you know from beginning recording music to finding dylan and nate and then kind of talk about what what changed thereafter yeah i mean my dad was the person that got me into music he was a musician when he was younger and he was like why don't you like singing why don't you start playing guitar and learn how to play an instrument and so when i was like 12 i joined my first band and we did covers of like don't get some blondie songs and 
all that stuff, and I wanted to be a rock star. So I was writing and recording my first album, and I was six, six, 14 or 15, and that's when I first met Dylan, actually, because um, we were living in the same, the same city, London, Ontario, in Canada. And, yeah, Dylan kind of, like, became my mentor, like, teaching me how to play guitar, and we wrote songs together. And then later on, he introduced me to Nate, like, quite a few years later. And, uh, yeah, we kind of just started writing together and being, like, being friends and collaborating, and that's kind of how the band started. That's kind of the traditional way that I, I hear about bands coming together. Typically, it starts out with two people meeting, and then you have other people kind of uh, get introduced through uh, uh, just, you know, association of knowing one another. And so it's always really interesting that it always kind of starts out with, like, two people getting together, having the idea, and then usually, yeah, somebody else in the band says, oh, I know this other person that plays. And then, you know, and then you got at least three members of either whether it's a trio or whether it's a five-piece or whatever it may be. That's kind of the traditional way that you find the core three people. And so it's it's kind of, uh, it's always kind of interesting to find those commonalities between uh, art, between bands, no matter where they're at. Yeah, totally. And I mean, it's kind of the hardest thing about a band a lot of the time is finding people that are willing to kind of take the punishment of being in a band with you. And with yeah. us, we kind of had, <laughs> we had this show come up and we needed a drummer. So I got Nate and it went so well. And it was like, you know, really good chemistry on stage and everything. And we had met this guy in Buffalo named Bruce Moser and he caught our show and he loved it. And he said, do you guys have any new music? Just assuming that we were a band together, even though it was Nikki's. <laughs> solo project based on the chemistry and he had like this crazy history of he promoted the first YouTube record in the U.S. and helped them break and it's still really close personal friends with those guys so he's like this legendary crazy. cat in the music business and of course we lied and said yeah of course we have an album done and we brought <laughs> back to Canada wrote like our first EP forever and it took about 10 days, recorded it, and then showed it to them. And that's kind of how we actually got our start as a band doing more real stuff and getting out of the local scene a bit more. Um, you know, and that's just kind of our story of how, how we got it done. Great. Well, the first song that we heard at the top of the show was called Breaking Up. Do you guys mind telling us a little bit about what that song's about? Yeah, so that song is kind of like, I don't know. Can, can I swear on this podcast? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, it's like our, like, fuck you anthem, I guess, and uh, we wrote it just, it was kind of fun, we wanted to write, like, a fun rock song that kind of has, like, that hockey arena feel to it, <laughs> and um, when we were writing it, we just had fun, like, we just kind of wrote what we thought was new and playful, and it ended up, we weren't even going to release it, but we played it live so many times, and people would always come up after and be like, oh, like, what's that fuckboy song? Like, where is it online? <laughs> we, thought, we were like, well, whatever, like, we'll just put it out, and it got a pretty good response, so it's a, it's a fun song. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious, like, what it's kind of about emotionally, you know? Sometimes the, the breakup needs to kind of end with a bang instead of figuring <laughs> out. <laughs> Well, the next song we're about ready to hear is called Hunting Season. Kind of do the same thing for us. Let us know what Hunting Season is about. Yeah, Hunting Season is kind of like, uh, it's sort of 
I mean, lyrically, it's about kind of having like a wilder side that you're sort of trying to hide from people, but also you kind of love it. So it, it's sort of going out with with the intention of of like releasing that wild side in the night and kind of kind of going into a night with that sort of attitude and that kind of goal. Yeah, it always had like a spooky, thrillery vibe for us too. Yeah. So if you listen closely in the bridge, you can hear all sorts of weird screams and breaths, and uh-huh. it's like a Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> that was a fun song to record too, because we actually sampled like old notes from like our previous project, just to kind of have reference to like our other lives in there, and it, it's just kind of a fun yeah. weird song for us. Great. Well, this is going to be Nikki's wife's hunting season. It's driving me crazy Cause after midnight My memory's hazy But everything I said I wouldn't do I did I did Hoping I don't seem too introverted I'm trying to hold back these listen to a lot of the music watching a lot of the music videos uh the music seems to be or at least uh, a majority of what i've watched seems to have this really like kind of seductive undertone to it 
and it is definitely a, a it's pop music but it's definitely a different variation a very unique take on on a uh, on the pop genre but the, the seductive side I read that you guys had played a sold-out Victoria's Secret party or or something along those lines. And I thought that was very fitting with some of the music that I watched. So you mind kind of telling us a little bit about you know what that event was actually about? That event was, was pretty wild. And it was like an early break for us. Like one of our buddies called us saying he needed a band or a band for this event during the Super Bowl in San Francisco. And it was going to be hosted by like Victoria's Secret and the cast of Entourage. And like they wanted <laughs> someone small and up and coming instead of looking big. And we're like, obviously, you know, fuck yeah, let's go. So we drove from Toronto to San Francisco in February. And we actually got caught in you know, Sydney, Nebraska for like three days stuck in a snowstorm. Oh, highway closed on both sides of us, like sitting there panicking. Like, are we going to make this show? Yeah. Like, this is a big opportunity, and we didn't even know if we were going to make it because we couldn't fly all our gear out there. And because we're, you know, we're poppy, but we're still pretty traditional band live, we have whatever amps and drums and stuff that would have been a pain in the ass to rent around the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. We did have to rent it. We had that with another night. <laughs> anyway, we should have this event. And because of the Super Bowl, they, like, it's like, White House level security. Like we had to go through a full search, <laughs> bomb dogs. There were snipers on the roof of the building, oh, and like, it, yeah, like a security detail to go to the bathroom. Yeah, it was it was a really strange experience, and I remember it's so scary because there was another group, and I guess they didn't really do their due diligence on them or whatever, but they did their sound check, and the event coordinator comes up and was like these girls are lip syncing. There is no way. Like, they have to lip sync is what I need to say because they were singing so bad. <laughs> and they got shut down and like, yelled at right in the sound check. And we're sitting there like, oh, my God. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is like a, an early big opportunity for us. And we're all, you know, we're kind of used to it now, but like, we were pretty nervous at the time and watching them get instantly shut down. I was like, oh, shit. Holy cow. And then it gets worse because like, when they play for in front of the party, the party just doesn't respond. Like, it wasn't even like a boo. It was 2,000 people staring them down. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That's awkward. That's got to be bad. We're thinking, like, oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> Here we go. Like, we're like free falling oh, and then shit. i mean you know the story has a happy ending we played and it went really well because nikki was banging on this huge drum and everyone kind of loved it and got into it and i mean everyone was really sweet to us like especially the entourage people brought us into their private area and hung out with us all night and cool yeah yeah but, you know, it was like the victoria's secret models i would say were pretty uh pretty like arm's length they stay away from us well we got to we got to meet everybody but you could tell who was actually kind of there to, to party and who was there just doing the job you know yeah well i mean the entourage uh group and victoria's secret people that's not your only in uh running with uh, uh uh famous people i mean you toured with CeeLo green and aaron carter and you know a, a number of other people but you know these are two of the big names i found so um with that being said i, I want to know tell us what was one of your favorite stories from 
from the tours you've had with with these people it doesn't have to be one from each but a favorite story for whether it was aaron carter's tour or CeeLo green's tour whatever it may have been oh man i mean there's so many i I'm guess like, the sure. first one off the top of my head is the uh CeeLo green like the sound check story yeah so i we basically just got this random email for this CeeLo green tour and it was a subject line and not anything else there was no body to it and the subject line just said uh, how would you like to go on tour with Steelo Green? Like, you really dug your EP yeah. or something. And we're like, well, this is obviously Sam. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, we still are nobody, but we're even, even less. <laughs> less than we so we're like, yeah, of course. It turned out to be real. We end up flying, or we, we get out to New York. It's the first part of the gig. And we're, we're meeting at these SIR studios. Um, and Steelo, this was supposed to be like a whole tour package kind of rehearsal just so everyone can kind of get to know each other and then get all this stuff kind of ironed out in a rehearsal space before we get out and go on tour. Long story short, uh, we end up eating some of Sting's granola bars and we couldn't like get, <laughs> couldn't get our sound check in because Philo was kind of, uh, he was testing out a new band. He had like replaced some members. So we didn't even get a chance to, to rehearse or to sound check or to test anything. Yeah. So, this first gig is on a boat, and uh, it's called the Circle Line Cruise, which is actually, it was really sort of amazing. You go around uh, New York, and you go around, like, the Statue of Liberty and stuff, and people just party, and you kind of play on a boat. Yeah. yeah. So we're on the, we're, we're kind of setting up our gear, and the tour manager comes up, who's, like, the most intimidating guy, but he, we ended up warming up to us a bit. But, uh, his name was Marciano, and he's been an ex-Prince guy. <laughs> anyway, he says, Sheila wants to hear a song. And I don't care how long it, like, I don't care, like, what you guys have to do. Stop everything you're doing now and play us a song. We play a song. <laughs> and, and, like, and we hadn't even gotten the wine check. Like, we didn't yeah. know if anything was working. No. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, we're kind of good campers at heart. So, we're like, you know what, let's do our hardest song. Yeah. This song called Wanna Know. It's this ballad. So, we do it. And, I mean, we we crush it. I mean, I'm not even like doing our own horn yet. Right? That was probably like one of the best times we've played. And the whole like deck of the boat like went entirely silent. And Hilo goes over to us, and the only thing he says is, "Who is that white boy you got on sound?" <laughs> <laughs> we end up hearing from Bruce. He's like, "Man, Bruce is the guy we mentioned earlier who was kind of close to you too." And he's like, "Man, that was the best soundtrack I've ever seen a band play." But the funny thing is, we didn't really we didn't really have a feel for if Hilo liked it or anything so we kind of he just sort of like nodded and left with his crew and only like <laughs> two weeks later in vermont or something like yeah. that we're kind of getting to know him and we're having some drinks and stuff he goes man when you guys that first night we met you went out and did that sound check you did that song that was the most gangster shit i'd ever seen <laughs> i was shook. i was like so nervous to go and play with you guys it was amazing and it was such a good sweet genuine song yeah Great. Well, let's talk about the album that you guys got coming out right now, or the album you guys just released. It's called Moto Court. You mind kind of telling us a little bit about the album, if it's a, maybe if it's a concept album, or if we, or if it's a got like an underlying theme, or if it's just a collection of songs. Just tell us a little bit about the album. Yeah. So the album, it's only four songs. Um, they're actually all the songs that are being played on this episode. But it's kind of just like a collection of our favorite songs that we had we had written, and we wanted to go in a more rock 
genre, and I kind of feel like all the songs have, like, this underlying badass theme to them, and, like, so I, we just thought that the songs all worked really well, and they represented us, and, yeah, it was kind of, like, the first time we had put a collection of songs out that um, we were all, like, really excited about, and each song we were, like, okay, like, we've been waiting for so long to put this out, and, yeah, we actually have a ton of new music coming out. Looking forward. <laughs> Looking yeah, forward. And I mean, it was nice to kind of embrace our rock side a bit because if you've seen us live, I think we come off a little rockier than we do on record. So this was kind of our attempt to bridge that gap a little bit and do something maybe a little more guitar based and more drum based rather than than synthy. Yeah, because that first album we did, that was like our first time ever writing together because we didn't really have time to like stretch our legs or figure out what. what we want to sound like as a band. We were kind of just writing songs and then producing them as we went. So that yeah. was like our first time yeah. kind of figuring out like what sound. Well, yeah, because you guys lied about having the songs, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. We lied yeah. About <laughs> <laughs> like, we didn't know what we were when we wrote that first CD. It was literally like the synthesized on that first CD forever was literally the first song we ever sat down and wrote together, the three of us. Yeah. I mean, I think they're probably the first five songs that we wrote, or the yeah. five songs on that EP. So yeah. we were just kind of guessing and doing whatever we wanted. Um, and in, in this one, we just kind of figured out what we were a little more, and that changes every day still. But, you know, we got we got to kind of make a body of work that, that fits well together rather than just kind of random songs that we came up with. Great. Well, this this uh, this next song we're gonna hear is called uh, "Running Your Mouth." So you want to kind of give us the the rundown on "Running Your Mouth"? Yeah, "Running Your Mouth" is a pretty self-explanatory song, I think. If you run your mouth, you're gonna. No, but it's like definitely like in line with that like bad bitch, don't fuck with me vibe that the whole EP kind of has. And yeah, this one is. It's like surprisingly everyone's favorite song off the EP because when we wrote it, like we were like, oh, I don't know if people are gonna like it, but everyone loves it. I think. And we got some like weird pushback from our own team internally, but we all really believed in it, so we we went with it. I mean, the song is fun though because it was one of our first songs. So we moved from Canada down to Nashville this year, and uh, we're in Canada right now, but we were we were living there at the time, and that was one of the first songs we did, and it's kind of funny that we wrote that lyric, Queen of the South, because we had been there for about two years. <laughs> yeah. A little bit of a <laughs> Yeah, we were like, like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Great, well, this is going to be Run Your Mouth by Nikki's Wife. Run your, run your mouth I'm a bad bitch and the queen of the South And if you're You'd have to get some Be more than just someone's son You want 
last little bit here. So last couple questions we got. I mean, as you guys mentioned before, you guys are, are based out of Canada. You spent some time down in uh, Tennessee, but you guys are all from Canada. So, I mean, obviously you guys at least were a local band for at least a little bit or had your own solo uh, projects or maybe a couple of you were in some uh, other projects before this this one took off. Um, what's the, uh, what's the music scene like in Canada or in your specific areas in Canada? What, what, what's the music scene like there? What's the scene like? What's the scene like? Um, I mean, there's a huge hip hop scene in Toronto. Yeah. Ever since like maybe three years ago or something, like, I mean, Drake was really kind of the first one they put on, but all of those guys coming through like the weekend and Tory Lanez, uh, like Dance Cartier and stuff like that. Toronto is very much like a hip-hop town, I think. Yeah, it's like, it's, I don't know, I, I feel like every town has their own little music scene, and, like, they don't really go outside of that, but I think Toronto has, like, a pretty cool indie scene. Like, they have um, radio stations, indie days, which opened up, like, a little while ago, or started, and I feel like it's brought a lot of new bands through Toronto, and um, we have a lot of cool programs, like, through the government, where they do, like, grants. Bands. So I feel like that kind of helps to, um, I don't know, to kind of bring more bands or inspire more people to join the arts. Yeah, I mean, Canada, I will say, is small. Like, mm-hmm. once you get to a certain level, everybody knows everybody. Yeah. And you have to be really <laughs> careful, like, what kind of shit you talk. And, <laughs> like, really, really small. Because you have to, like, Canada is only about 30 million people or 35 million people. Oh, wow. So the music scene is like an tenth the size of the U.S. music scene at best, and it's probably a lot smaller than that. So it's, it's tiny. I mean, it's, it's cool. It's sort of insular and, and hard to break into if you don't come from the U.S. Like, they take bands more seriously when, when you kind of do stuff in the U.S., which is part of the reason why we're working down there so much. Yeah. You know, but it's cool. It, it's also funny because there's a lot of small stuff and then a lot of the biggest stuff in the world comes from Canada. Like your Drake, Justin Bieber, Sean Mendez, The Weeknd, uh, all those big Three days guys. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Actually, our producer, Alistair, worked with them on their last record. Oh, really? The one before. Yeah. yeah. He's worked with them a bunch. But, you know, but there's not much of like a mid-level Canadian scene where you have bands that are just kind of touring and and doing it with a couple bands, but it's kind of like a lot of the bottom, a lot of the top, and it's hard to, to cross that desert in the middle. So I'm always curious about the writing process. I myself am a huge writer. Um, it's my main thing that I do with music, and uh, so I'm, I'm always interested in the writing process. So if, if we were going to sit in on a Nikki, Nikki's Wives writing process, what would that look like? The writing process? What would that look like? Well, I mean, it, it is genuinely like fully collaborative. So we all write and we all write lyrics and we all write music. Usually, like a writing session will come together with basically just like a show and tell moment. Like we'll get together in a room and we'll all kind of show like little pieces of ideas that we've been working on, stuff that kind of has like a spark that could turn into a really cool song, but just hasn't been finished for whatever reason. So we'll kind of do like a little show and tell thing and then we'll pick a uh, start for the day and then we'll just start hacking away and hacking away and like really scrutinizing like details. And we try to get like 
we try to get our demos like 99% as good as like a real song would be. So yeah. from the start, we're thinking about like the finer details of it. And we're really kind of relentless about it. I mean, we produce as we go. So it's like a lot. I feel like the production is like super integral for our songwriting. It's just how it's because we write with our producer. So it's just always like it always gone hand in hand. Like at the end of the day, we have like almost a fully done song, which is it's always like cool to listen to at the end of the day because you feel like you have a productive day. So. <laughs> Well, this this next section I, I like to leave open for uh, bands to go ahead and uh, plug or throw shout outs or anything. I mean, I've had people plug pizza shops and all kinds of stuff on here. So I like to just leave a space for you guys to be able to uh, say thanks or plug anything or if I maybe if I've missed something that you guys wanted to uh, talk about or anything like that. This is kind of your space before we go ahead and close out the show. So this is all for you guys. Go ahead. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. We're Nikki's Wives, and make sure to check us out on Insta and all that stuff. It's Nikki's Wives, N-I-K-K-I-S-W-I-V-E-S. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I mean, right now we're in a down spot, but keep an eye for, for new music probably coming soon, actually. In a month or two, we should have a new single and a new video out and, uh, and looking to get back on the road. It's been a little while. And thanks for having us on. Not a problem. So the the next song we're going to have is uh, Neon Lights. So once again, let's do the same thing. Give us kind of the rundown on what Neon Lights is about. So Neon Lights is actually kind of a, it's a fun song. It's um it's about our friend that's a stripper, or was. <laughs> um, now she's in jail. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, so the story has a happy ending, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, maybe young impressionable girls don't follow what the song says <laughs> but uh no it just sounds like i don't know it's like you can kind of close your eyes and imagine that you're like running away to the big city and from a small town you know you become a stripper in the big city so every, it's every girl's dream <laughs> <laughs> um, but no this one's fun i think it's just like kind of a harsh culture song to end off the ep with yeah there's a list yeah well, awesome. This is going to be Nikki's Wives, Neon Lights. Snake eyes and they're paying. We move, we're swaying in a dream. I rule the stage.
listening to my interview with Nikki's wives. It was a really fun episode because uh, these guys actually came through the area. My wife saw them play and she was like, you have to get these guys on. And I, you know, have been kind of sitting on my thumbs for a while about it. Um, But, you know, once again, I finally reached out to them and said, hey, you know, you guys want to come on the show? Uh, They immediately responded and were super jazzed to come on. So, it was really awesome to get them on and uh, have them talk about their their album. They have a new album out, the uh, Moto Cart Motor Cart, I think is what it was called. And um, so, I mean, stop by, pick it up, check it out. Especially with the uh, change in direction, um, I always love when bands are gonna take a style that they have, change it up, and kind of do something new or, or implement new influences into an album. So I'm glad that I had a chance to help them promote this album and I hope you guys really enjoyed it. So once again, I'd like to thank everyone for listening. Please like, share, and subscribe. Give us a five-star review while you're at it. I've also included links to the band's pages in the show notes. Uh, If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to email me at noisemakerpod at gmail.com. And until next time, don't stop following your dreams.